Healthcare in Australia is universal, right? So if you're a woman of reproductive age in a rural or regional part of Australia, how easy or how difficult is it, do you imagine, to access an abortion? A Senate inquiry into access into abortion care has heard that women in rural and regional Australia are being forced to travel vast distances at great expense and are often turned away by public hospitals when seeking abortions, sometimes at the whim of the medical practitioner's own ideological objections. Anna Noonan is a PhD researcher in abortion access at the University of Sydney. She's travelled to New York this week as part of a delegation of Australians presenting to the United Nations on women's access to reproductive health options. And I spoke to her earlier. Thank you very much. It's great to be a part of it. Anna, abortion has been decriminalised in all states and territories in Australia. However, incredibly, that process was only completed last year. I think most people would think that that then means access to abortion, particularly in the big states like New South Wales. But that's not the case, is it, which you found your, with your research. Can you paint a picture of how challenging it is if you live in a regional or remote part of the country? Yes, absolutely. Um, and look, New South Wales was one of the last states. We only achieved decriminalisation in 2019. So we're looking at a much more open political legal environment, at least in New South Wales. It's been around for about, you know, three years, three to four years now. But you're right, um, just changing the law doesn't change service provision and certainly doesn't change the access issues that rural and remote women experience and people who, who can experience pregnancy. Um, and I think what gets missed in the conversation often about abortion access is the the layers of complexity that are involved for a rural person to try and access a service on top of the already very pervasive issues that all people trying to access abortion face in terms of stigma, in terms of discrimination, in terms of, you know, that it's a, that is it is still a healthcare service that individual practitioners can and do refuse to provide often, regularly. And so for rural people and women, Sometimes the process is weeks and weeks of negotiating a system that is overburdened, that is um, ill-prepared to service rural health generally, and then for something that is already sitting very much at the fringe of mainstream health care at the moment in Australia. What happens when women in rural or remote areas try to access an abortion through public hospitals? Is it available and are they told it's available? Look, it's a it's a really it's a really tricky thing because um, you can turn up to a public hospital when you know when trying to find this information from a public hospital, and there are in fact you know Murrumbidgee and Hunter New England at the moment are the two local health districts out outside metropolitan centres where you can access an abortion, but they're two regions of a very large state with a huge population, and so you can. Uh, you can turn up to a facility, a public hospital in a regional area, and you can be turned away. You can be told that services are not available to you. Um, and we hear from our research participants who have had a medical abortion and have had complications and have turned up to a hospital 
and have been turned away for follow-up care. And interestingly, it's one of the things that we're hearing from when we speak to service providers in rural parts of New South Wales as well, that one of the main reasons that local GPs don't sign up to become a prescriber of medical abortion is that they're concerned that that backup care at a tertiary or a higher level facility just isn't there. And it isn't there because the service is not there, but it's also there because the pr- the providers or the practitioners, the doctors essentially, won't help women turning up with complications. So it's both tricky to know or find out or even being able to ask at a public facility whether you can have an abortion. And then if you've had one, what we're hearing is if you've had one and you're experiencing complications and you turn up to the hospital, you risk being turned away or, in fact, providers who do provide abortion services are are providing scripting for women. So when you turn up to ED, you might say that you've had a miscarriage. So trying to find workarounds to get women the care they need in a system that is really pushing back against them, including in the public health system. Why are they being turned away from public hospitals? Is it ideological? Look, I think there are I think there are different reasons, but I think predominantly it is um, individual doctors within that health system, possibly in positions high in the hierarchy, who don't want public hospital abortion care to become the norm, whether that be on the basis of their conscientious objection, which they are allowed as medical practitioners to have, um, or whether it's because they don't want as you know as they seem to be concerned, this kind of you know flood of demand for surgery, for surgical abortion to to occur. I'm not sure that that would be the case. I think that there is, um, because there is this ability to conscientiously object, I think there's also a kind of a passive resistance behind it where we just won't say that we will provide a service and if people ask, we'll be as vague as possible. And you mentioned providing women with scripts saying that they had suffered a miscarriage, uh, for instance. Are there some things that will get you access to an abortion and other reasons that won't? Look, it's interesting, you know, and of course this is just from one particular study that is in one part of regional New South Wales. But what we do hear is that if you were a person who had had experienced pregnancy loss or realised or had, had found out that the pregnancy that you were carrying was non-viable, you would end up having the same procedure that you would if, ideally, you were able to access safe early abortion care surgically. So it's not that the actual procedure doesn't occur within the public system. It's about who gets to have it. And, of course, anyone experiencing a pregnancy loss, which would be a really traumatic event, should be able to access healthcare to manage that. But it's when it's a what is often called a social abortion, where the person who's carrying the pregnancy chooses that they are unable to manage it and therefore wish to end it, that it seems to be the problem. Now, in all of these scenarios, of course, these women are acutely aware that the clock is ticking and Mm -hmm. the later a pregnancy continues, the more difficult it gets to access any sort of abortion Anyway, are you encountering women who are being forced effectively to continue with unwanted pregnancies to their inevitable conclusion, to birth and having a child. Is that the consequence of this difficulty of access? Look, we are hearing stories of women living in rural parts of New South Wales and I will have heard similar stories across the country where the process to try and locate a service to then 
even if it's about having a conversation with a health provider about what to do about a pregnancy and then work out the options, can take weeks and weeks and weeks and costs money and requires time disproportionately to what would it would take if you lived in an urban area. And it ends up being a situation where and I think of it as, you know, conceding to continue the pregnancy because the alternative is just unmanageable or unreachable for some people. And so we've spoke to young people and we've also spoken to people who have on-farm commitments, for example. So not being able to access the full gamut of services that you might need to go through to be able to qualify to have a medication abortion via telehealth because it's harvest time and you can't necessarily leave your obligations as easily. On Iron Drive, I'm speaking with University of Sydney researcher Anna Noonan about the barriers to accessing abortion in present-day modern Australia. And I was startled to read that uh, fewer than 1,500 of Australia's 37,000 GPs are certified medical abortion prescribers. That's across the country. What needs to happen to change this? Should we be empowering other practitioners to be become certified in this area, like nurses, for instance? Look, I think there are some really um, simple changes. And, you know, I, I have to admit I'm not a clinician, so I, I, I haven't gone through the medical, um, medical degree. But I do know that, for example, abortion care is not covered specifically for people doing the rural generalist pathway, so to become a rural general general you know, rural GP. And you'd wonder, you know, that if that were part of that curriculum for people who are specialising in being often the one doctor in a town that everyone is relying on, that that would be a really positive thing, that abortion care be considered normal health care, as I think of it as being. I think also that there are places within rural and remote Australia where there are not doctors or there are locum doctors who are travelling in from other parts of the state, usually from a metropolitan centre, where women's and sexual health nurses who are seeing people for a whole range of sexual and reproductive health issues would be able to provide the necessary care, including possibly medical abortion, to people in their communities. And I think that women's and sexual health nurses are often people that are well trusted in the community as well and the go-to person to talk about a whole range of things. So it's an opportunity uh, opportune moment for individuals in community who may not want to turn up to um, a doctor who may be someone they don't know, it may be someone that they do know, and in fact that would be a problem um, potentially as well about confidentiality. But I think, yes, expanding the provision community to include nurse practitioners would be fabulous and I understand that there are some movements happening towards that amongst the organisations that provide abortion at the moment as well as this kind of alleviating the stigma and the issues that practitioners are talking about in terms of becoming a provider. You know, that if this was something that was just considered part of everyday healthcare for rural generalists rather than some specialist training that you have to squirrel away and do elsewhere, I think it would go a long way, particularly for the future workforce, for, you know, GP trainees now to say, oh, okay, right, this is just part of what I, what I can and should be offering into my community. Anna Noonan, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Sarah. It's fantastic to be here. And greetings from the Big Apple. Anna Noonan is a PhD candidate with the University of Sydney and Centre of Research Excellence in Sexual and Reproductive Health for Women.